Right in front of your face is a mock draft that I did on Clubhouse with a bunch of amazing people. The Clubhouse community is getting fire, and you can follow me at Fantasy Football. Yes, Fantasy Football is my username on Clubhouse. Very easy to find, and I'm doing audio mock drafts where I provide a link as well so you can follow along. And we did this fire mock draft last night. PPR Dynasty, we voted on every single pick. So this is not my mock draft. This is the community mock draft. And let me tell you, there are some good Dynasty people, good Dynasty minds on Clubhouse. So it was actually pretty fire content, good debate, good reasoning, good rationale as to why each of these players were placed and slotted in each of these spots. We only went two rounds because we had some debate. It took two hours to talk this through. If you missed out, follow me on Clubhouse at Fantasy Football. Don't miss out on another one of these mock drafts. Let's break it down. The Fantasy Football Show begins now. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. Okay, so Christian McCaffrey went number one. Pretty clear cut. I don't think one person disagreed. It was McCaffrey. Boom. We plugged him in. The debate started to cook up right at 1.2. We had a fire debate on this one. More so after the fact. A few people came in late, had some issues with Cook going number two in a dynasty league. Most all of it injury related. Some of the arguments were quote unquote No way Cook lasts a full year in 2021, let alone in future years. It was fire. And and everybody's point was valid. I don't know if you owned them last year. I owned them in a ton of leagues. And I do a lot of drafts early because I want my followers to see what I'm thinking in July, in June, in early August. So you can apply what I'm doing to your drafts. It just so happened we were in the thick of the holdout talk, and I got cooking like four expert leagues. I got him in the IG expert league. I got him in the throne league. And let me tell you, as a cook owner, I held my breath a lot. The dude limped off the field on multiple occasions, looking like he would not return for the entire year. The shoulder, multiple times, not one time, multiple times, he came off the field, and I literally said his season's over. But he came back. He did well. Dalvin Cook was amazing in 2021. So I think for me, I think Dalvin Cook in Dynasty, there's nothing wrong with him 1.2. I don't think you want to put all your eggs in one basket for any player. And if you draft Dalvin Cook, you must get Alexander Madison. Nothing is more important in your draft if you're a Dalvin Cook investor than getting Alexander Madison. If Alexander Madison's ADP climbs to to round nine, you grab him in round eight. If it climbs to mid round eight, unfortunately, you have to take him at 8.1 or in your seventh round. There's no way around it. If you draft Dalvin Cook and you don't come out with Alexander Madison as a a must cuff, you're not going to sleep well at night and you might just lose your league. But Madison will be top 5 to 10 per start if he ever is called upon. I have no problem with the 1.2 
slotting of, of Dalvin Cook, but it definitely was a fun, fiery debate on Clubhouse, something you may have missed. And if you did, follow me on Clubhouse at Fantasy Football. Now, Jonathan Taylor was a consensus 1.3, and later on in that fiery debate, a lot of people wanted to move him to 1.2. And we had a lot of good arguments as to why JT's the number three. My boy Rhino brought up a great point in the clubhouse chat that JT struggled with an ankle injury most of the beginning of the year. Nobody's talking about that. Make no mistake about it. JT disappointed in a major way midway through the year, but then he got going. That fire offensive line adding Wentz, probably a great thing, not just a good thing. It's a great thing. JT's going to have a big, big year. He's young. He's probably only going to get better, more involved in the passing game. I have no problem with him at 1.3, 1.4. But I also would have zero issue putting Barkley at 1.3. We had a lot of people going back and forth going, how can you not have Barkley at 1.3? How could you want Barkley over JT at 1.3? It was also a pretty fired debate. I stepped in at, at one point and said, guys, you can make an argument for either one, Barkley or JT at 1.3. Let's get real. And I, I truly believe that to be the case. Like, you can't, you're splitting hairs at this point when you're like, Barkley's coming back from injury, but he's also one of the most gifted and, and athletic players in the NFL, and I firmly believe, unless there's a setback which we can't anticipate or know, Barkley will probably recover as fast as anybody ever has from an ACL tear because of the quad strength, because of the surrounding muscles around the knee. He's going to have a tighter knee joint than the average player coming back from ACL tear. He will look, I think, a lot like Adrian Peterson did coming back from his ACL tear. Adrian Peterson rushed for 2,000 yards that year. Barkley is special. The offense will be improved. I think they add a very, very solid offensive asset in the NFL draft. Maybe they draft Kyle Pitts. Maybe they draft a wide receiver. Maybe they bring in Kenny Galladay. I think they will add weapons to make the offense a little more dynamic. Give Barkley some room to run. Give Danny Dimes a weapon to prove he's not a washed-up quarterback already. Danny Dimes still has some upside. And again, Barkley's going to have a quicker recovery than the average bear tearing that ACL. As I've explained before, that ACL is designed to keep the knee joint tight. When you break the ACL or snap it or loosen it, then your knee joint's a little bit looser and you get a little more movement which grinds down the meniscus which makes the knee kind of buckle if you don't have that that tightness when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Barkley's thigh muscles and surrounding knee muscles keep that joint tight more than the ACL keeps that joint tight. So while he needed to repair it, get it cut out, and put a new one in, his joint is still tighter than the average player. He's going to have a quicker recovery and still have very good explosion, whereas some people struggle with that, especially when they get a lot of atrophy. I venture to say Barkley had less atrophy than the average running back, and I venture to say that Barkley's going to struggle a lot less with feeling like that knee 
is solid when he's cutting on it, trying to trust it for the first time. I've tore my ACL, my MCL, my LCL, my meniscus. I tore my patellar tendon off of my kneecap as my kneecap floated around the lower part of my thigh. I know a little bit about knee injuries and I do know that muscle in that thigh and the surrounding knee muscles are ultra important. Many of you were in diapers when this occurred, but Garrison Hurst of one of the best prospects coming out of college football at the running back position ever discovered that he had a torn ACL at the combine. Back in the late 90s and early 2000s, teams were petrified of players without ACLs or torn ACLs. And when you have a torn ACL, again, the knee joint is looser than normal, but not Garrison Hurst, not like Barkley or AP. The doctor that did the ACL surgery on Garrison Hurst told me that his thigh muscles were so strong and he had unusual amount of muscle around his knee. The average person doesn't have a bunch of muscle around their knee. Your knee's bony. We're average human beings. Normal citizens have bony knees. But Garrison Hurst had a wrapped knee and muscle, and it was tight as can be. He didn't know he didn't have an ACL. So while some people go at me and say, Smitty says you don't need an ACL, technically you don't if you have enough tightness in the knee. But Garrison Hurst didn't need it. He didn't know he didn't have it. He didn't have buckling when he walked, which is something that happens to an average human being walking around without an ACL. Their knee buckles. You'll see somebody walking and they go, it it buckles. You don't have tightness. Garrison Hurst didn't have that. Garrison Hurst was forced to get the surgery, repair the ACL he didn't need. He might need it later in life when he didn't have that muscle making the knee tight. But at the moment, entering the NFL... It actually injured his knee to go in and put a new ACL in and drill it in, have it all heal, go through the rehab, but teams didn't know what to make of it. My point merely being, if Saquon Barkley doesn't have an unforeseen setback, infection, cleanup that needs to to happen because the meniscus wasn't cut properly or some other freak situation, I predict we start hearing very quickly that this guy looks the same, if not better, if not stronger, than before. We've come a long way in terms of ACL repairs. Granted, you need to be young like Saquon. And I will say Saquon's about at that limit to where if you're a little older than Saquon, you're probably not going to get back to 100%. Saquon's right at that borderline of being almost too old, but still being young enough. He's like on the line, but he's Saquon Barkley. He's special. He's got stronger thighs than anybody in the league. Okay, don't at me. AJ Dillon, he's going to be fine, and he's a fine 1.3 or 1.4 or even 1.2 if you worry about Dalvin Cook. Alvin Kamara, surprisingly, no one wanted to put him in the top three, it seemed, maybe one vote. Everybody's worried about the quarterback situation. I get it, but I still feel like he's a really safe four, five, six overall in redraft or dynasty. My boy, Justin Jefferson, was like the unanimous number one wide receiver And it felt good to see because I've been beating this drum for a while and I do a lot of redraft and dynasty content. And in the redraft world, people don't really see him coming at this level. They feel like he's around the digs to. And I just noticed that John Harris is in there at at running back instead of Najee Harris. Uh, Ignore that. (laughs) That's that's Najee Harris, by the way. Let's let's. Let me put a little, let me put a little sticker over that.
If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Anyways, back to what I was saying, that people feel in redraft, he might be around the digs or below digs area, but in Dynasty, it's a completely different world and Justin Jefferson's becoming the consensus one to four one to three wide receiver in dynasty and in this group on clubhouse we all love him granted there's a lot of people that follow my content that help vote but there are some new faces in there that that loved Justin Jefferson as much as I do and it was nice to see him ranked number one Swift felt a wee bit early to me I understand the appeal. I do like him. The talent is there, but they just got rid of their their top quarterback. They got a guy in golf I don't necessarily believe in. I, I worry about Hawkinson being the same guy he was last year. I really do hope Hawkinson takes that next leap, but I don't like golf. They just lost Galladay. If anything, they focus more on stopping Swift, so... While I don't mind Swift, I like him as a second drafted player. I don't have him in my entire first round, let alone right here at 1.7. So I was not a fan of this pick, but it was majority vote and Swift got the nod. Adams, AJ Brown, I love. Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, Diggs. You can't argue with any order of those wide receivers. If you're literally going to say Hill can't be the top guy out of that group there, that group of five, Hey, you're crazy. Any one of those guys, you could argue Diggs, you could argue DK, you could argue AJ Brown. They're all really, really close. And I don't mind going wide receiver, wide receiver in Dynasty. And in fact, I kind of like that better than going running back in a Dynasty startup because wide receivers like these guys can last a decade taking Hill and Adams out. I guess you could say they're four, four-year guys, three-year guys, which is plenty of time to me. But AJ Brown, DK, Jefferson, my boy Lamb, Ridley. Ridley's a little older than people think, but these guys still have a ton of time left. They easily have as much time as the running backs probably getting taken. Even the young running backs, these wide receivers. I'd venture to say that Adams still has as much time on top as Swift has on top. Running backs have a three to four year shelf life. Adams, in my opinion, has a three to four year shelf life, but is more guaranteed than Swift now and for the next three to four years to be the higher scorer of the two. Nick Chubb worries me at 2.1. And I know I'm going to take a little heat for this because people hate when you predict injury. But let me tell you something. Nick Chubb has a guy named Kareem Hunt behind him that is just as good, if not better. And he's a better receiver. He's a better receiving back. And there's a reason I hear from little birdies, Bob's friend Sally's cousin, Margaret's sister, Billy. His cousin's uncle's best friend's hairdresser told me that there are people inside that medical arena that are worried about Nick Chubb's knee more than people believe. And honestly, some of it is hearsay, but I do hear whispers from people in the medical community that that knee, there is, there is talk that that knee that he blew up in college is eventually going to be a ticking time bomb. Now, could he have another year or two left? Sure. 
I don't know for sure that Chubb's going to get hurt in 2021, but he got hurt in 2020. He blew the knee up in college. And for people that, and I'm only showing this because I want people to know the severity of the knee injury. I don't want anybody to be like, you can't show injuries. Look, this is what happened to his knee in college. It was called career ending. And it's amazing. I'm a big Nick Chubb fan. It's amazing what he's done coming out of that disastrous injury. Again, I only show it so you understand the severity of it. But the damage he did to to so many different parts of his knee when this happened, it's inevitable that he's going to develop some kind of arthritis quicker like Todd Gurley did. It's inevitable that he's going to have some kind of issue when he takes the beating that a running back takes, especially one that only gets a bulk of his work between the tackles. It's going to be a concern at some point. The question is, are you jumping a year too early? Could he have a year and a half left uh, before he starts breaking down? Maybe, but I'd rather jump a year early and get a guy like Hopkins still or Ridley, or I'm even going downstream. I'm not going to even talk about players already drafted. Antonio Gibson, J.K. Dobbins, I know that, and in, in not not John Harris, but Najee Harris, there are safer options, in my opinion, than Nick Chubb at 2.1. Now, I talked to you guys about my line in the sand. At some point, I do draw a line and say, hey, I do like Nick Chubb, but it's not a 2.1, not in Dynasty. In Redraft, I'm more willing to take him at 2.1, 2.4, 2.3, sure, because Again, there's a percentage chance in my mind. I don't know what that number is. I'm making, it's an arbitrary number. I'm making it up because there is no way to calculate it. My gut tells me in the 17 years I've been doing this that the odds of injury is on the wrong side of 50%. The odds of significant multiple missed games based on his knees and based on the way they use him, based on how aggressive he is and how he doesn't get that much work outside of the tackles this guy is going to grind it up the middle until his knees fall off and again i'm not knocking him i love nick chubb he's a beast but you know knee injuries are a tough thing and again it comes down to where my line is my line is not a 2.1 that's it it's as simple as that and you could come at me and say give me facts smitty give me facts i can't give you facts and i'm not gonna give you facts i'm gonna give you my gut instinct and my gut tells me don't do it at 2.1 in dynasty it's not worth it if i'm wrong if i'm a year early i lose no sleep taking gibson or taking ridley or taking even hopkins i lose zero you can't even come back and go you were wrong smitty because i don't care i'm taking a precautionary measure i'm taking precaution with my approach in who i'm investing in at a bookend pick in a dynasty ppr draft acres feels too high to me the same thing i said about swift i just worry about taking a guy that yeah he looked good at the end of the year they didn't use him until really the end of the year but they do seem committed to him i will say volume does not appear to be a problem i still don't trust the rams fully but they do appear committed to him and i think you're not crazy to go 2.2 2.3 but i think i'd rather just have one of those wide receivers i'm talking about that are just safer bets but you know that's preference to me interesting to see Kelsey's still going early. He's such a beast, even for one to two years. He dominates so heavily at the position that, you know, people are like, hey, give me two years of Kelsey. I'll ride him till the wheels fall off. Ridley, I love. Kittle was pretty unanimous. Everybody wanted to vote Kittle in. I like him a little later, but Kittle um, definitely is a beast when he's on the field and healthy. I do worry about the 100% torn rotator cuff, but 
I'm assured by Dr. Raj that he should be fine. I still worry enough to not make him a top 15, 16, 17 overall pick, but I kind of like him at that turn 2.12 to 3.01. In this draft, he didn't even come close to falling there. But I have seen Kittle fall at the 3.1 range in other dynasty drafts. Gibson, I love at 2.7. Gibson's like Kamara in that the team knows how to use him. Alvin Kamara, I can't repeat this enough. I beat it like a dead horse lately, I apologize. But Alvin Kamara would not have been the player that he was or is if the Saints didn't know how to use him, if that coaching staff didn't recognize that he is a workhorse back in a, in a unique way, giving him an equal share of receptions and rushes and touchdown opportunities and making him a playmaker all over the field. Washington could have very easily said, we're going to use him on third downs. No, they use him a ton. They use him perfectly. Swiss Army Knife players like Gibson don't usually work out. They've never been full-time running backs, and that usually is not a good recipe for an elite running back for a long amount of time in the NFL, long being three to four years. But Gibson is special, and they use him special, and I think it's a fine pick at 2.7, and he's going to work out. I love J.K. Dobbins. Hopefully the opportunity matches the talent in 2021. He was a unanimous vote here at this 2.8 spot uh, with the clubhouse community. CD Lamb, my boy, I nominated him here. I nominated him right around here and and the group got behind it right at 2.9. We all love Lamb for the future. In fact, I think this could be a bargain right here in Dynasty. A few Mahomes truthers, I respect them greatly. Tried to get Mahomes voted in around this range and they kept bringing him up and finally they locked him in right there. And again, this is not John Harris, it should be Najee Harris. I don't know what was up with the pre-rank list, but that was the Harris that was sitting there. And then Derrick Henry, we had the most fiery debate on because the guys rushed for 2,000 yards and what running back of the seven other running backs have had even remotely close to the same success coming off of a 2,000-yard season? The answer is none of them. Barry Sanders did the best, but most of the running backs struggled to come even close to the same production coming off of a 2,000-yard season. Now, you might say, well, I don't care. What would that put him at? Let's say he got 1,500 yards, 1,400 yards, and 12 TDs. I'll take that, Smitty. But he also had 303 carries in 2019, right around 400 on the year last year if you include the playoffs that is a massive amount of touches for a 240 plus pound guy hitting the ground over and over and over and the tread on his tires dates all the way back to high school and in college he has the fifth highest ever carry season in college football history the mileage is big the guy is not a spring chicken has been in the league a while you could say he had early usage early on in his career but running backs when they hit a certain age right where Henry's at their body does start to break down anyway and again he did have a lot of usage through his whole career his whole football career Nick Chubb and Hunt for me are the same exact uh, situation where's your line just because I worry about Chubb and Henry doesn't mean I won't take them at a certain point I think this is too early for Henry this is too early for Chubb in a dynasty PPR because of the other options that are safer right around that player doesn't mean I won't flip at 3.8 or 3.4 I don't really know where my line is it's kind of nearby I will admit that in a dynasty PPR 
Henry is my third drafted player doesn't feel all that uncomfortable, but as a second drafted player, even the last pick in the second round, I don't I don't like it. I don't feel like it's a safe pick in a long-term mindset. But I don't hate on anybody that believes that I'm jumping a year early because I could. Is there a chance that Derrick Henry could play 16 games in 2021, have 1,500 yards and 14 TDs, or maybe he misses two games, still has 1,500 yards and has 12 TDs? Yes, there is a chance that he could do that. But historically, taking into account the 2,000-yard curse, taking into account, in addition, the amount of carries that he's had that has put running backs into the ground after they've carried the football like 370 times in one season. He did 303 and then about 400 back to back. Those two things combined, mixed with his size, mixed with the fact that he has to take, and I need to look into this so I can give you an exact yes, this is confirmed, but he has to take, he has to, somebody prove me wrong, he has to take some of the most lower body shots than any other running back in the league because who wants to tackle this guy from the waist up? I'm going to look into that. All I know is when I watch him play, people are going for his legs. People are going for the lower body. It all adds up to a more potentially injury-prone player, I think, some total. And that's why I worry I don't completely avoid him in 2021. I worry at 2.12 in PPR Dynasty and I probably in redraft PPR worry around 1.5 all the way down to 1.12 and I start looking at him at that turn uh, with caution and I don't know exactly where I'd take him yet. I need to be tested on the clock, but unfortunately I can't because he goes so early I don't draft him ever in 2021 mock drafts because he doesn't fall to me. I hope you enjoyed this mock draft breakdown. And if you missed out on this, follow me on Clubhouse at Fantasy Football. And we do audio mock drafts. And I provide a link and I, I enter it manually and provide the link. And people can go check it out. I put the link on smitty1.com. And it's, it's a blast debating mock draft style, audio style in Clubhouse. You've got to join and follow me and uh, if you're new subscribe follow tell your mom tell your grandma tell your friends about the fantasy football show here on youtube and you can always find my show at smitty1.com the most recent show is always right smack in the middle of that page along with all my links to my podcast the audio version and of course sleeper you.com my news site get your fantasy news from me smitty i do a redraft and dynasty take attached to every single piece of news i post i will see you all later this is the fantasy football show with your host smitty top five running back you're watching the fantasy football show I'm Smitty! <laughs>